Okay, so I've entitled my message this morning, Sent with the Good News. Sent with the Good News. Who likes good news? Who likes bad news? If you want bad news, turn your TV on. I mean, it's got plenty of it. So anyway, I've entitled my message this morning, Sent with Good News. We have been doing a series about the apostolic church, that we are a church that I would describe as an apostolic church. An apostolic church is a church that has a deep ingrained understanding that it is a church sent by God with a message to the world around us. So we've been looking at that. You and I are sent corporately as a community of people, but also as individuals, you are sent by God to those in your world that you have influence over. And in fact, anybody that is in your world who is in your sphere, you have influence over. And you choose what that influence can be. It can be bad or it can be good. Um, But you are a person of influence. And it is so important that you understand that that influence should be motivated or um, uh, built out of this understanding that you are sent by God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So again, it says in Mark chapter 16, 15 through to 18, I'm going to recap a few things and then I'm going to uh, take us into some new things. Mark 16, 15 through to 18 says this, Jesus talking to his disciples before he was taken up to heaven. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned, verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Hallelujah. So we've looked at the fact that you and I are sent, we are a sent community, we are to go Believing that, faith is our uh, channel that links us with heaven when we as a group of people understand that we are sent and we go believing that, you create a channel for heaven's power to flow down upon you and through you to those that you have your influence over. That you've got to understand, friend, faith is our currency. If you don't believe it, there ain't going to be much going to happen. But the, the more we believe as a church that we are sent to our community, that we are sent to the uttermost parts of the world, the more we will be enabled to see the hand of God move with power. Amen? So you've got to understand that if you are sent, you've got to believe it. Um, we have been sent with authority and power. Interesting this morning. Um, pulled up in the car park, and um, one of the guys that owns a business uh, round the corner, um, pulls up, winds his window down. I walk over. I've been building a relationship up with this guy for about three years, four years. And, um, how you going, Tony? Uh, well, mate, you know, things are hard, things are tough. He just started to tell me that his business is, is struggling. And I've been sharing my faith with him. Darren and I have prayed with this man and he's sort of taken little wee steps closer to the kingdom. It's been a journey. 
but he's in my sphere of influence. And because I know that I'm sent, I'm trying to apply faith in my relationship with this man because I know that God has purposes in this relationship, right? You with me? Didn't expect him this morning to pull up. Uh, He tells me about his business. I felt God, I believe, say something something to me to say to that man this morning. I said to him, "Um, Tony, I've prayed with you before, and I'm going to believe and pray for you that in this coming week, your business is going to be blessed and be very busy, and you're going to have a great week next week. And his response was, well, I don't know. And I said, Tony, I want to tell you, I'm going to believe that God is going to bless your business this week. (laughs) Hallelujah. Why did I say that? Because, friends, you and I have authority and power. We have authority and power to change the atmosphere around our lives. Hallelujah. Well, of course, the test will be next week. But I believe by faith that God spoke to me and God wanted me to exert the authority that is in the name of Jesus over this man because I did a deal with him. I said, Tony, if your business is blessed next, next week, dude, you've got to come to church. Do we have a deal? We have a deal. Hallelujah. Friends, we have authority and power. You've got to believe it. You are sent with power from heaven. Hallelujah. We are sent with love. That is the the essence of the kingdom of God. God is love for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Jesus came sent carrying the love of God. When you and I make contact with the world, when you and I understand that we are sent, it must be permeated with the love of God. We have looked at the fact that the love of God or God's love is a higher level of love. The agape, unconditional love of God is a higher level of love. The world has a level, you love me, I'll love you. But as representatives of him, we carry a higher level of love that the world yearns for. Hallelujah. So you've got to understand, friends, not only are you sent, not only do you need to believe that you're sent, not only do you need to believe that you're sent with power and authority, but you need to understand and carry the fact that we are representatives of our higher love. We've looked at the fact that it says in the scripture in somewhere, John thirteen thirty five. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. If we are a community carrying love and we're not demonstrating it as a church, we are hypocrites. We cannot go to the world if we are not demonstrating or living as a community in a way that is different from the world. So it is so important that we demonstrate in our relationship as church community higher level love because friends, I'm going to annoy you. Friends, you're going to have to forgive me sometimes. You're all going, yeah. Higher form of love. If there is someone here in the church sitting or if there is someone at home and you have some kind of thing 
towards someone in the church, you've got to forgive. Because we are representatives of the higher form. Amen? We carry higher love. How can we do that? With the power of God. We can't do it at a human level. We can't try to do it out of ourselves. We, through our connection with God, are able to love that way. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? Rightio. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 through to 7 says, Amy, I've got your tongue tiedness a little bit at the moment. <laughs> got to wiggle that tongue. Have a drink of water, that's what I'll do. Second Timothy chapter 1, 6 through to 7 says, verse 6, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We looked at the fact that we are not meant to carry a spirit of fear. The kingdom of heaven is not about that. Um, a spirit of fear is to live under uh, the fear and anxiety that the world is suffering under. We don't have that spirit, friend. You don't carry that spirit. It's not from him. Uh, but we have power, the miraculous power of God. And we looked at the fact that we have power and that God has given us a sound mind, but wrapped in the middle is a spirit of love. Hallelujah. And also the fact that I love that uh, Paul talking to Timothy says this, stir up. The gift. Timothy was representing the kingdom. He was in Ephesus uh, as a leader, helping structure the church in Ephesians, or the, Ephesus, the church at Ephesus. But something needed to happen that somehow Timothy had lost his way and Paul was reminding him to stir up the gift. Sometimes as a church, we've got to stir up that sense of power. We've got to stir up the fact that, friend, don't have a cuckoo mind. Don't let your mind be caught under all the stuff. Sometimes you've got to remind yourself and pull your mind back under the discipline of the Word of God. Hallelujah. And sometimes you've got to stir up the love. I've been married, like I said, for 40 years. And you go through times in marriage where you've got to stir up the love. If you don't stir up the love, you're going to have some trouble. Amen. And, you know, I pray, and I know my wife prays, because she's got to live with me. Um, you know, we stir up the love and we get God to help us. Stir up the love as a community. Let's stir up the love for each other. You have been given a gift. The word gift means charisma. The word charisma, let's look at that meaning of the word charisma. Charisma is a compelling attractiveness or charm that inspires a personal quality that influences and draws people to you. You carry charisma. If you are a Christian friend, there is something about you, if you will only let it out, that others will be compelled or drawn to because you have the touch of God. You have the Spirit of God on you that is compelling to a lost world. Hallelujah. We as a church need to be more aware that we have a, an attractiveness about us that is called to draw people to the message we carry. It's not you, it's him on you. Hallelujah. 
that guy, Tony. Why did he pull up? Because God drew him to that moment. Not me. It's about taking those moments and realizing God is attracting people to you because you're a sent one, because the Spirit of God is upon you. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? Hallelujah. Radio. Now, sent with the good news. Sent with the good news. You are sent by God carrying the gospel. Amen? Let's read what it says again. Oh, no. Let's read Romans chapter 10, verse 14 through to 15. Romans chapter 10, 14 through to 15. Talking of those that don't know God. How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How can they hear? How can those people in your sphere of influence who don't believe, who need to believe, who God wants to believe, Unless someone is sent to them, friend, you are answered, you are an answer to that. You are sent by God to the people in your world. But how will they hear unless you say something? How will they hear unless you say something? How many people got a mouth? Some of you are pretty good at using it. Some of you females are even better than a lot of us. It's not me, it's science tells me, man. Oh, that's real science. And experience tells me the same thing. How will they hear unless someone preaches to them? Super interesting. Because there is a fashionable term within church. There is a, a sort of saying that goes on that says, you know, we are not to preach to the world. We're not to go around preaching to people. Ever heard it? You know, people don't want to be preached to. And that is a reaction to a particular kind of preaching. See, the Bible never says don't preach because it says how will they hear unless someone preaches to them? The world will not hear unless someone preaches the truth of Jesus Christ to them. Actions and good works are wonderful. They are a means of communicating the truth. They are a means of light being dispensed in our community. However, someone 
who is sent or sent people need to be people who are prepared to preach to the lost. You cannot be a sent one if you do not preach the gospel. You cannot be a true disciple of Jesus unless you preach the truth of Jesus. Hallelujah. How do you preach? You open your mouth. You open your mouth. Often people will open their mouth because they have strong views about something. If you've been married, you know, we will communicate our strong views to each other. True? Because you believe in something. And you want to make a stand about something. Well, there is nothing higher than the message of life and truth that should cause us to want to open our mouths because we believe in it. Amen? The word preach means this. To proclaim with a goal to persuade. To proclaim with a goal to persuade. So something about the gift of preaching, something about communicating the truth to the lost, something about you dispensing light through your words has something to do with proclaiming in order to convince. Hallelujah. Your preaching or your communication that comes through your mouth as a sent one must have behind it the sense that I've got to open my mouth because I'm sent because I believe in what I'm saying. And it is to convince, it is to persuade someone of divine truth. So preaching is to, read the word again, persuade someone or the, the object of your preaching about divine truth. So when you're preaching, you're dispensing divine truth in order to win that person over or persuade them. Are you with me? Because I think you need to change your mindset because a lot of people, and I said earlier, that there is this catchphrase that says we shouldn't go preaching to people, whereas the Bible tells us that we should preach but our understanding of what preaching has caused us to run away from it. We need to understand, friend, that you carry within you the ability from heaven as a sent one to proclaim divine truth, but not only to proclaim divine truth that has the power to persuade. Because remember, you are a charismatic person. You have something about you on you that draws and attracts and that will cause people to be drawn by your words. Amen? Am I the only, you know? You are a preacher, friend. You're a dispenser of the ability to persuade through divine truth. It's not just me. My job is to motivate you to be that preacher. Remember, people have free will. You have the choice. 
to be a dispenser or not to be a dispenser. You have the choice to say, oh, no, no. You have the choice to let a spirit of fear stop you. You have the choice. Hallelujah. I want us to be a church that makes the choice to understand who we are and the opportunity that we have in the age that we live because we are so convinced of our truth that we will want to open our mouths to dispense divine truth. You with me? I'm taking you somewhere. It is a lie from the pit, from the devil, that you are not meant to open your mouth and preach the gospel. Because either you've got it right and the Bible's got it wrong, or you believed a lie. You believed a lie. You are meant to preach the gospel. Super interesting. Again, remember I said you got a mouth? And, you know, some are good at it, better than others. The mouth and the ability to speak words is a divine gift because you've been made in the image of God. You have been made like God. You carry divine aspects of your nature. And one of those things is this ability to speak words because when God spoke words, he created He created the earth. He created the stars. He created you and I because God's divine ability has power. And when he speaks, the world was created. Chaos was turned into what we see today via words. See, you carry power. You carry the gift. You carry this ability to open your mouth and speak on behalf of Hallelujah. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The tongue has power. Now, of course, we know that words turned the wrong way are destructive and hurt. But let's look on the real amazing aspect of words. How many people, when you've had something said to you that has made you feel so good about yourself, it changes your spirit. It changes your view on the world when somebody around you has said something that lifts you up because words have power. See, you are sent into the world that is living trapped under the curse of all the rubbish going on around now. But friend, when you open your mouth as a representative to uh, dispense divine truth, you are activating power. You are activating power that heals. You are activating power that sets captives free. You are activating power that gives hopeless people hope. Am I I the only one getting excited? You're looking at me like, no, you know, I already know this, Keith. Do you? Are you opening your mouth to preach the truth? Are you speaking to those who are hopeless, who need hope? Are you speaking to those in your workplace, those around you? Understanding, friend, my words have the authority of heaven on them. When I open my mouth, now what happens if you're a believer? What happens if God never opened his mouth to create the world? What happens if God never opened his mouth to put the stars in the heaven? Chaos would remain. Chaos and that um, darkness would have remained. And see, there is darkness that remains. There are people that are held captive. There are people that are trapped because I believe we as his representatives are not speaking that power 
There are people around you who are trapped and it is their, their captivity will be ended as you speak on behalf of God. That's pretty powerful, man. What do you say when you open your mouth? Now, I've been um, around a long time, even though I look so young. Feel the anointing on that? Uh, I've seen the preachers on the street. I've been a street preacher too. I'm not ashamed of it either. Have it a go, man. But I've seen the preachers who when you hear them speak, it's like death coming out of their mouth. It's like condemnation. It's like judgment. It's like, it's just not the stuff that is appealing. See, preaching is that, preaching the gospel is not preaching that stuff because the word gospel means what? See, when you are a distributor of truth, divine truth, when you are a person who understands that you are sin and when you have this opportunity to people around you that what language or the words that are coming out of your mouth is described in the Bible as good news. What do you say to a world trapped? Man, you tell them good news. Good news. The gospel is not a message of judgment and condemnation and hopelessness and the world is going to, whatever. Who knows, the world will probably end at some stage. Maybe soon. But our message is at its essence built in love that carries good news. Everybody loves good news. Or your cuckoo. People are yearning for good news. They're sick of the bad stuff. They're over the bad stuff. I'm over the bad stuff. They are yearning and crying to hear good news. Hallelujah. And you are a dispenser of it, friend. Remember, you've got to open your mouth, though. Open it. What do you say? You tell them some blooming good news. Tony, my mate, Tony, I believe God is going to do something in your business. Hallelujah. It was good news. Good news. I'm not telling you to go around to tell all the businesses that. You've got to tell them what God is telling you. But friend, don't carry a condemning judgmental message. Don't carry a message of boo-hoo-hoo, watch out for all the, the, the conspiracies and the this and the that. They're already hearing that. That's not the gospel. Am I being crazy? Good news. I love it about Jesus. Listen to him. Mark 16, 15. How much time we got? Sixteen, fifteen, And Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Preach good news. The gospel is good news. Matthew 7, 28 and 29. When Jesus had finished 
saying, when Jesus had finished dispensing whatever information that was in his head in regards to what the good news was, because remember, Jesus came proclaiming good news. So the end product, this verse shows us what happens when Jesus himself spoke of the good news he had carried from heaven. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. You see, friend, we are working for the one when he was here that the outcome of the words he carried was people going, wow, man, that is amazing. I have never heard such words. I've heard the religious people, and dude, you are way above that religious stuff. See, it it was compared to the teachers of the law. See, the teachers of the law was all about beating the people up and how badly they had failed. Yes, we have to tell people they sinned. I'm not saying we can't tell the world it's not sin and full of sin. But what I'm telling you is the essence of what we carry is just embedded in good news. And God wants us to have people around us that when we open our mouths, they go, I'm amazed. Oh no, that's too hard. That's too high for us. That was Jesus. The Bible tells me we do what he did. And the Bible tells me that the outcomes will be the same if we carry the message and open our mouths and believe it. Amen? Ever met a grumpy Christian? There's a lot of grumpy people out there. You know, grumpy Christians. You know, sad to say, I go to pastor's conference and some of those pastors, my God, I would put them in the grumpy. Dude, you're in the grumpy bin. Friend, you are not sent to carry and be grumpy. That is not attractive to people around you. If you are a grumpy person, you need to get some transformation going on because that ain't attractive. Who likes grumpy people? We are not meant to be grumpy people. Who likes judgmental people? We are not meant to be judgmental people who pull everybody down for all the mistakes they make. We are meant to give them hope. Everybody's a sinner. You are as well. Condemning Christians. I hope, don't be one of those. That's not attractive. Number one, when you open your mouth, when you preach, when you preach, when you speak to those around you, you speak good news. Speak good news. Speak of the hope in Jesus Christ. Speak to those that are hopeless that Jesus can give them hope. Speak to those that are caught in anxiety and depression that, friend, I know someone that can lift you out of that depression. To those that are struggling with life, friend, give them the good news that they don't have to. Am I, amen? Good news ain't too tricky. 
I'm being a crazy man today. Come on. Step one, speak the good news. Step two, tell them your testimony. I was a sinner, and then, you know, kind of color it up a bit. Your testimony is your story about how Jesus came into your life. Your story of good news is the good news that has been your experience. You with me? You know, um, um, God's been really challenging me. I'm going to run out of time. Tell them your story. Your story is what God has done in you. And don't tell them all your troubles. Don't tell them how hard life is for you. That ain't good news. You're not there to tell them your problems. You're there to tell them, man, there is an answer to your problems. And friend, if you're trapped in your problems, you need to get close to God and remind yourself of the good news. And you can't take the good news to someone else. If you're caught up in all the bad news and you're living under the bad news, you've got to be above the bad news and be living good news because people will say, why are you like that? Why are you so happy? Well, I'm happy because I know some good news. Are you with me? Tell them your testimony. You know, um, for me, um, I've got different ways that I can share my faith. You know, if I'm talking to someone who's stuck in drugs, well, friend, I used to be addicted, but there's good news. You know, to someone who's struggling with some, something, you can cater your testimony to answer their need. You with me? You know, if I'm dealing with someone with marital problems, I'll say, man, you know, my marriage, and it was, was rubbish before I met Jesus without being two. But man, he's turned it around. He's really worked on Peter. It's good. <laughs> no, no, he's worked on me. So tell them your testimony. What do you say? Good news. Tell them your story. Remind yourself of your story. Sometimes you've got to remember about two years ago, I felt God telling me, Keith, your world is too much Christians. You need to get out. You need to meet more people. So I've had to revisit my story of how I got to know them, you know. And when I started redoing, sharing my faith, I felt like I was tripping over myself and like I was awkward because, you know, I'd lost my rhythm. But I've been remembering where, I was, where I've come from and it's helped me to remember to tell how my story. You with me? If you're old like me, you've got to start remembering some of the things. Are you still good? Okay, point three. Remember, this is about what do you say? Good news, your story, number two. Point three, tell them what the Holy Spirit tells you. What? The Holy Spirit? Isn't that kind of... Freaky. The Holy Spirit actually wants to talk to you. We are meant to be engaging with him. We're meant to be engaging with the Holy Spirit because he wants to talk to us. And, no, and how so much more when you want to carry the good news that you want to talk to people about him, the Holy Spirit wants to engage your mind and give you some stuff to say. That's where we get words of knowledge. That's where we get discernment. That's where we get insight into people's lives. That's where I can say to someone like Tony because the Holy Spirit said something to me, Lord, I believe you're going to do it, is um, because I heard something that I felt God tell me to tell that man. That was engagement with the Holy Spirit. Luke 12, 11 through to 12. Now, when they bring you to the synagogues and the magistrates and the authorities, do not worry about what you're going to say or what you should answer. 
For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. The Holy Spirit. You know, we are spirit-filled. We are Pentecostals. We need to engage and listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, when you witness with, with people and they, they can say, oh, yeah, but why is there so much starving people? Or, you know, why do babies die? Or, you know, real questions. But when we engage with the Holy Spirit, he is way smarter and there is no question too difficult for him. You understand? I am not the smartest guy on the planet. Amen. <laughs> but I've got to tell you, I have been astounded sometimes when I've talked to people, what he says to me and what comes out of my mouth and the outcome, because it is way above my pay grade. You with me? Listen, because the Holy Spirit will speak through you if you'll let him. Man, I've been in some difficult situations. And like I said, man doing funerals. Sometimes I've done weddings, you know, where they're not believers. And it amazes me that when I engage with the Holy Spirit through very difficult difficult places, the outcome, because I have listened to him, has been turned bad to good and given hope to hopelessness and brought comfort to hurting people because it's the Holy Spirit. Amen? Can I have a louder one? Judy, can I have an amen? Good, thank you. One, we're finishing. You are called, you are sent. They're not going to hear unless you open your mouth. Well, that was sort of not one. One is now, tell them the good news. Number two, tell them your story. Your testimony has power. Number three, engage and listen to the Spirit of God. He will speak through you. And my fourth point is this, speak with love. Speak with love. Man, you hear these people telling people their testimony, and it's like, it's like the, it's a beat up, or it's an arrogant, I'm here, you're down there. You know, it's, 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 it's a, just an ugly message because it ain't soaked in love. People are attracted to the higher form of love that you carry. People are attracted, prostitutes and whomever were attracted to Jesus because his message was giving a higher unconditional form of love. Amen? Love. And I'll tell you something about love. Love overcomes fear. Love overcomes fear. Every time I go to give my testimony or have no I'm going to say something, fear tries to stop me. Fear tries to make me think they'll reject you, they'll think you're a kook, they'll whatever. But I've got to tell you, when I understand the unconditional love for the person that I'm meant to talk to, it conquers fear. It's in the Bible. It says this in 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear is involved in torment, but he who fears 
has not been made perfect in love. So I just want to inspire us as a church for the opportunities that are around our lives. That in your sphere, God views you and sees you as a sent person representing him. And he longs to come and use you and speak out of you. And you, my friends, are the answer to the world. You, my friends, are the bearers of good news in a world full of bad news. It is time for the church to open their mouths. Not with, you know, how bad it is, but oh, there's hope. Oh, there's peace. Oh, there's forgiveness. Oh, there's healing. Good news. Tell your story. Let the Holy Spirit speak through you and speak with love. Father, we thank you that life is a life of opportunity. That in fact, Lord, we live in wide open spaces even though the rest of the world is caught in a mindset of lockdown. But the kingdom of heaven, my God, is wide open spaces. Hallelujah. And Father, I pray for the hearers this morning. God, that there would be an activation, there would be a new sense of realizing we are preachers of good news. I pray stir hearts, let the eyes recognize the opportunities that are around them. And Lord, that there would be the courage through love to take the step of faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray. And for those of you, if you are here this morning listening and you do not know the love of God, you do not understand that, it is a simple step of you calling out to God. Of you saying to God, God, I need you. I want this perfect love. I want the good news. He is a prayer away to you. So Jesus, for those that don't know you this morning, Lord, touch them. Let them engage with you in prayer and they experience your perfect love. In Jesus' name, amen.